0: Praise the Lord. That's about all you can say after that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Mark. What a wonderful job with one of the truly great songs of our faith. Haven't we been blessed today in music, this morning and again tonight? What a wonderful day in music. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, let's turn to Psalm 119 tonight. Psalm 119. We continue through this longest chapter in the Bible. And remember, uh, just refreshing your memory, there's a section of verses uh, that corresponds to each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so then in each of those sections, each line uh, begins with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, we don't see that because we're reading it in English, so it doesn't quite come through to us the way it would to somebody who knows Hebrew or reading in Hebrew. But uh, we're ready for verses 25 to 32. What you see mentioned in the bulletin is actually next week's sermon, his next week's sermon title. Uh, it, it's, it's a little confusing because both the passage tonight and the one next week speak about revival so following right on the heels of our week of revival meetings these verses uh, that we've been going through actually speak about revival so if you're wondering why are we still talking about revival well that's what the passage is talking about so that's what we're going to focus on but it really it, it makes sense because a week of revival meetings is not really revival that is not what equals revival It can help produce revival or bring revival. But revival should be an ongoing thing in our hearts. Revival happens personally, really. Now, it can become a corporate thing, but really it has to happen in the life of each individual believer. And so in this psalm, we find the psalmist actually saying to the Lord, Revive me. And tonight we're going to see This, what really amounts to prayer, a prayer to God about revival. Look in Psalm 119, beginning in verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have laid before, I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O oh Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. The psalmist here gives what really amounts to petitions for personal revival. And if you, from time to time, read this passage, you might try reading the things that this psalmist says to God, just between him and the Lord, and perhaps, say, say it yourself to the Lord and say, me too, Lord, this is what I want. I want this in my life, even as this psalmist prayed and shared these words. And I think you'll find that sometimes it will voice what you need at particular moments of your life. There's clearly a vital connection between what the Bible calls revival Being revived as a believer in your spirit, in your devotion to God, in your commitment to God, in your walk with God, in your obedience to God, being renewed and refreshed, there's a direct correlation between that happening and God's Word. Apart from God's Word, uh, it's probably not going to happen. And so the psalmist says, revive me according to your word. And, of course, this entire psalm is focusing uh, very much on the law of God, the word of God, again and again and again. And that's because we need to hear from God. We need to be focused on what God wants. And that in itself will help to bring revival into our lives, refreshment and renewal in our own spirit and in our relationship to God. The psalmist instinctively knew that the renewal of life that he needed would be found only in the Lord and only in his word. And so he's really crying out to God here. Now, in verse 25, we see when to pray for revival. If you're going to cry out to God about revival, when do you do that? Well, there's some particular times to do that. It doesn't mean you can't do it any just any time. But in your own life, there are particular moments when I hope you'll think to ask God to revive you. One of those would be when you've suffered a spiritual defeat, when you've suffered a setback in your own spiritual life. That's what I think the psalmist is talking about. Verse 25 when he says, my soul clings to the dust. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. The cleaving or the clinging to the dust would indicate that he is as low as low could get. He was lying in utter shame and defeat. That's the way that he felt. And here he cries out to God. One writer has noted that the previous section, which would be verses 17 to 24, the previous section ended with the psalmist delighting in God's Word, and this one opens with him down in the dust. The enemy attacks us the hardest when we are enjoying the blessings of God, and we must expect it. When things are going well and we feel good, it is dangerous to relax and lay aside the armor of God. When he found himself down, the psalmist knew what to do. He prayed. He cried out to God. And here he says, my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. It takes humility for us to come before God. And to say, I need you, Lord. Revive me. I'm low. I have failed. I need your help. But when we're willing to cry out to God in that kind of humility and honesty, He hears that prayer. And He will respond. This psalmist appears to be discouraged beyond words. And we know that life will bring to us sooner or later those moments. And when we feel that way, we should pray. We should pray for revival because God, he wants to refresh us. He wants to renew us. He wants us to be close to him. And so we should cry out to him. And so he just comes out and says, revive me, revive me according to your word. So For revival to come in your life, in my life, we have to ask for it. We have to say, Lord, I want to be revived. I need you. I need your help. I need to be renewed in my relationship to you. Now, I'm not talking about you losing your salvation and getting saved again. That's not what we're talking about here. As a child of God, we're talking about there are times in your life, in my life as a Christian, that we are not all that we should be. And we may feel that we're drifting away from our close walk with the Lord. Or there may be something in particular that we have done or not done that is sin. And we know it's sin. We need to cry out to the Lord and say, revive me, O Lord. We, we sing these songs about revival, don't we? Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above I I forgot the rekindled word but that's what we're that's what he was doing here he's saying revive me revive me according to your word when you're tempted that's a good time to pray for God to renew you and to strengthen you verse 37 we'll just peek over there he says turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way there's that there it is again and revive me in your way when you're tempted is a good time to pray for revival the word there worthless things is the old king james word vanity turn away my eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way Vanity, meaning empty things, things that are worthless. But the world parades these worthless things before us all the time. And it's so easy for us to spend all of our time and our energy and sometimes our money. All of, the, all of our life really can be consumed by these worthless things, vanity, things that are going to mean nothing to eternity. And when we are pulled in that direction, and when you know you're being pulled in that direction, it's a good time to pray for revival. Lord, revive me. Revive me in Your way. So I won't go after these worthless things. But I'll be dominated by Your Word and Your kingdom and what You want. And then another time to pray for revival is when you struggle with obedience. Look at verse 88. We'll jump over there and take a look at that real quick. Verse 88 of this same chapter. Here it is again. Revive me according to your loving kindness. So that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. He's saying I want to be obedient to you God. I want to keep the testimony of your mouth. I want to do what you have said to do. So revive me. Help me to be obedient. Sometimes. Uh, we're, we're well aware that we have the desire to be obedient, but we're not sure we're going to do it. You know, Paul talked about that struggle, didn't he? The very thing that I don't want to do, I find that's what I do. And the thing that I know I want to do or should do, I don't do it. And so this struggle sometimes happens. That's a good time to pray for the Lord, to revive you, to strengthen you, to renew you so that you will be Obedient to him, and when we do that god will he will answer, he will hear, and so by his spirit he can revive us, give us strength now, if you're wondering, what do we mean by revive well it's just you know if somebody's weak you 've probably seen been around somebody when they 're just at the point where they they are about to pass out you know they're just they're just very weak. They maybe completely do pass out or they're close to it and they just need to be revived, don't they? They need to to be strengthened so that they can get up and walk and they can do the things that they need to do. Sometimes spiritually we're at that point that we are weak and we need to be made strong. Revive me, Lord. So I'll have the strength to be obedient to you. And then how to pray for revival. Verses 26 to 28. the psalmist gives us some clear example or direction of what he did here with honesty and confession. Look at verse 26. I have declared my ways and you answered me. He says to God that he has, he's told him what he's doing, his plans. He's told him what he's been doing in his life. And the Lord answered him, when you cry out to God, be honest with him. He knows anyway, doesn't he? But there's something about laying your life before God with humility, with confession, with honesty, that God uses it to change you. It's not that we're informing God of anything he doesn't already know. It's not that we're changing God, but God uses that to change us. Because we're reviewing our life in the presence of God when we pray and when we tell Him, declare Him, declare to Him our ways and God answers, He hears. Another thing about praying for revival, do it with a humble and teachable spirit. Verses 26 and 27. I have declared my ways and you have answered. Teach me your statutes so he's honest enough to say god i've told you what my plans are and what i what i'm doing good and bad now tell me what i should do teach me your statutes many many people in their spiritual life they never come to the place where they say you know there are things i don't know god teach me You have to have a teachable spirit. If you think you know everything, you're not going to experience this kind of revival that God is talking about here. You have to be teachable. You have to be willing to say, Lord, you teach me. Why is that so hard for us as human beings to say to God, teach me, Lord? It shouldn't be, because He's God and we're not. But so many times... It's so hard for people to admit that God knows more than we do. We're more likely to come to God and lecture him. God, why didn't you do this? God, why didn't you do that? You should have done this, Lord. I expected better of you. I thought you were better than this, God, than to let this happen to me or this person that I love. I thought you were a good God. People come to God and lecture him. But how many times did they say, teach me, Lord? You teach me. Because the Lord wants to teach us through every experience of life. And we need to have a humble and a teachable spirit. Warren Wiersbe said, too often we ask, how can I get out of this trouble? When we should be asking, what can I get out of this experience? In times of trouble, we need God's wisdom lest we waste our suffering. The psalmist knew there were still lessons to learn in the school of life, and he did not want to miss them. Lessons to learn in the school of life. He didn't want to waste his suffering. What a great way to say it. And he's asking the Lord to teach him. We need to approach God In prayer with a humble and teachable spirit. And with sorrow over sin. Look at what he says. Verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. There was a great heaviness in his soul. Because he was grieving and he was sorrowing over his own sin. He knew that he needed God's strength, and he needed God's help. Make me understand the way of your precepts, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. So he wanted to focus his mind and his heart on the wonderful truth of God. And then we see some evidence of revival. When you're willing to uh, cry out to God, In those times of life when you need his help to be renewed and refreshed and strengthened. And when you do it with this open heart and teachable spirit. And with a sense of remorse over sin. There is evidence that comes forth. Look at verses 29 to 32. First repentance. Look at verse 29. Remove from me the way of lying. And grant me your law graciously. And then verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. So remove from me the way of lying. So he's, he's saying Lord I don't want to be like that anymore. Take away from me. The propensity to lie or not be truthful. Not be honest. And instead I have chosen the way of truth that really describes repentance it's a confession of sin and it's a turning around the word repent literally means to turn around and go in a different direction uh, being repentant of your sin is not just saying oh god i'm sorry that you, i got caught and then you go right back to doing the same thing repentance is i see sin the way you do god i see my sin for what it is it's against you And I'm turning around by your grace and I want to go in a different direction. And that's what this psalmist is saying. Remove from me the way of lying. I have chosen the way of truth. We need to choose the way of truth. And another evidence of revival taking place in his life. Embracing God's word. We see it in verse 29. Grant me your law graciously. We see it in verse 30. Your judgments I have laid before me. And then again, verse 31. I cling to your testimonies. He was embracing the word of God. And that's evidence that revival is taking place in our heart. You will see that often people who are Going in the opposite direction of revival, Christians who are going in the opposite direction of revival personally, they distance themselves from God's Word. They don't want to go to church, they don't want to read the Bible, they don't want to hear a preacher or a Bible teacher because they'll be convicted in their heart because they know they're going in the wrong direction and they distance themselves. From the Word of God. Personal revival, when it's happening in us, we want to embrace the Word of God. We want to hear what God has to say. We, We cling to it because we know we need it. And God strengthens us as we walk in the way that He leads us to walk in. And another evidence of revival, trust in the Lord. Verse 31 I cling to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, do not put me to shame. Really, the psalmist is saying, Lord, I am am laying my life on you. I am trusting you here. I'm clinging to your truth. And I'm trusting that you're not going to put me to shame. And so, really, that's faith, isn't it? When you you walk out on faith and trust God with your life, you're trusting that God is going to do what is best that he's not going to do what is evil or wrong in your life. He's only going to do what is good for you and lead you in the way everlasting. And then we see commitment and obedience. Verse 32, I will run the course of your commandments. So here we now have the psalmist who started by saying, my soul clings to the dust. Now he's saying, I will run the course of your commandments. He's talking about putting his faith into practice. He's going to run the race of life. He's going to walk in the way that God has for him. And he's going to do it based on the truth of God's word. Commitment and obedience. And then the final statement. For you shall enlarge my heart. Isn't that an interesting way to say it? For you shall enlarge my heart. Now, you know, in terms of medicine or us, our physical body, our heart, it's not such a good thing to have an enlarged heart, right? But spiritually, it is. Because what, what the psalmist is saying is, as I, as, I, as I commit myself to you, as I am revived by your power and strength and walk in your way, My heart will become more like your heart, God. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get more powerful. It's going to have the ability to serve more and to love more. You shall enlarge my heart. David Jeremiah said, The heart is contracted or made narrow by selfishness, pride, vanity, ambition, covetousness. But it is, it is enlarged, meaning made free, stimulated, animated by noble and holy purposes such as charity, love, hope, benevolence. And here's the final statement. Sin narrows the heart. Relationship with God enlarges it. I thought that was pretty profound. Sin narrows the The heart, think of it like your arteries. You know, if your arteries get narrowed, then the blood can't get through there very well, can it? And you have a problem. But if they're opened up, if they're enlarged in that sense, then the blood can flow uh, freely. Well, with your heart spiritually, sin will narrow your heart. It will make make it difficult for you to love people to serve people, to forgive people. It constricts. But the relationship you have with God, personal revival and renewal, as we walk with the Lord day by day, it enlarges our heart and our capacity to serve Him and to share His love with others and to show His love to others. You think about the Christians in your life that have made such a difference for you. Think about who they were. They were people who loved God, weren't they? They loved the Lord. And that love for the Lord made them people who loved you and served you and shared God's love with you. That's what God wants for us. And when we commit ourselves to him and cry out, revive me, lord that it makes it possible for that love of god to flow through us so powerfully and so freely into the lives of others will you pray with me we thank you lord for this psalmist for the truth of these words and lord may they not just be words on the page for us may they truly be for us what becomes the cry of our heart That we cry out to you, Lord, revive me, strengthen me. That we might become more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and forgiveness. And we pray in the days ahead that in our lives as your people, that it might be evident that we are walking with you so that we can love others the way that you love them. Bless this time of invitation now, we pray. And if there are decisions we need to make, and it may be to just say to you, Lord, revive me, just like this psalmist did. Right where we stand, or perhaps someone would come to the front of this church and say, I've asked the Lord to revive me, to strengthen me. Whatever you want, Lord, we pray your will would be done now in these moments. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing our invitation.